Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Good morning to you. Wow, that was a loud praise right there. <laughs> Hopefully that woke you up. Good morning. How was your weekend? Praise God. My weekend was pretty good. Pretty good. I had a great opportunity to take the uh, take some of my kids anyway, and we went uh, camping and hunting uh, with my, my good friend and colleague, Richard Reyna. Great opportunity. It was such a wonderful time to spend time with my children out in the outdoors. We love doing that. A little chilly, I have to tell you. It was, it was pretty cold a couple couple of nights there. It was pretty cold. But we survived it. We had a great time, and God was very gracious to us. And it was such a, a wonderful opportunity to hang out with some Catholic Radio listeners out there as well. Forrest, thinking about you and Jerome, thinking about you. Thank you so much for your generosity and hanging out with us this weekend. But uh, we have a great program lined up for you this hour. A, a good friend of mine, uh, an old friend of mine, somebody I'm sure you know very well, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, is going to be our guest this hour. We're going to be talking about keeping our peace in the midst of chaos. And I think if we all read the headlines, we know it's a chaotic time. But as Catholics, we are called to something greater, even in the midst of chaos. And I think Deacon Harold will help us have some insight on that conversation today. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, But of course, the team is back here. Good morning to you, Emily Alcarez. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing? Praise God, I'm alive. I'm alive. How are you? Good. I'm doing well. I had a great weekend. What'd you do? Um, so some friends and I are doing Exodus 90. Oh, really? Um, so we got together to sort of go over how it's been going and, uh, where we, wonderful. yep, just to talk about it. Praise God. I did Exodus 90 in 2017, as a matter of fact. Uh, I don't miss the cold showers. I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't miss that at all. I don't miss them either. <laughs> I'm in the middle of it. <laughs> uh, speaking of Exodus 90, uh, veteran, I think, uh, and um, tw- once or twice now? Twice, Adrian yeah. Pacheco? So I did Exodus 90 last two years. Uh, and I'm not doing it this year. I thought about doing it this year, and I decided, you know, I, I want to feast during the Christmas season I know. and during Epiphany Tide. So when, when I did it, we started in October and ended in December, on Christmas Day. Oh, oh wow. So That's wow. an advent right there. That's an advent <laughs> right there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, praise be to Jesus. We're also going to have breaking news and stories this hour. And, of course, we're going to have the Saint of the Day, the Gospel of the Day, and we'll, all, we'll have the, the What's Concerning Us segment, several stories in the headlines. I think I say that every time. I feel like there's never been a day where there's not been more than one story that's caught my attention. Uh, of course, the buildup in D.C. is a big story, but there's a very interesting story uh, that's come out of France. Uh, new new technology being employed for social distancing. We'll have a conversation on that all in this hour. But let's begin with prayer. Dear listener, whatever your intentions are, I'm including those in this prayer, asking Our Lady to intercede on our behalf. I'm praying for myself, my family, for our team here, our equipment, our radio apostolate, uh, for our uh, Guadalupe Radio Network, for the Stations of the Cross. I'm praying for all of you my, and, uh, and some special intentions, but uh, we'll include your your intentions here as well. Ask Our Lady to whisper them into the ear of her son, that he may draw us ever so more closely into his most sacred heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. 
inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcarez. The Diocese of Lansing has adopted a gender identity policy that is consistent with biological sex. In a statement, the diocese said the policy aims to ensure the highest standards of pastoral care for those with gender dysphoria, while also ensuring that Catholic entities such as parishes and schools have the capability and confidence to safeguard those in their care from contemporary gender ideologies. The diocesan policy means that students and parents will be addressed with pronouns in accord with their biological sex, and students will participate in sports and use bathrooms and locker rooms in accord with their biological sex, and Catholic schools will not cooperate in administration of puberty-blocking or cross-sex hormones. Twitter has banned Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene's personal Twitter account. The Georgia Congresswoman, who won her election in November to her first term in Congress, has supported both the QAnon conspiracy theory and has questioned the election results, even wearing a mask on the House floor that says Trump won on it. In more news about censorship, Facebook announced on Saturday it will ban advertisements for weapon accessories and protective equipment during the week of the inauguration. Facebook has also blocked the creation of any new Facebook events in close proximity to places such as the White House and U.S. Capitol in Washington, as well as state capitol buildings, through January 20th. A hospice in British Columbia is being evicted due to their opposition to euthanasia. Last year, the Delta Hospice Society was informed that they would be losing $1.5 million in funding, as well as its permission to operate as a hospice in February of 2021. And this is due to their refusal to offer quote-unquote assisted dying, which is the Canadian legal term for euthanasia. The Supreme Court of British Columbia ruled in June that the hospice had acted wrongly in its attempts to define its Christian identity and to exclude euthanasia. Angela Ireland, the president of the Delta Hospice, has said that the group will return to their roots by now offering at-home palliative care. Last week, nine Catholic bishops across three continents died after testing positive for COVID-19. Five of the bishops died in Europe, where a new strain of the virus has led many countries to implement further restrictions. And a conceptionist convent also had a major outbreak last week in Portugal. The sisters there run the preeminent nursing house in the region. Pope Francis and Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI have now both been vaccinated against the coronavirus. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for reading the headline news today. St. Margaret of Hungary, pray for us. St. Margaret was born in 1242. Her father was the king, King Bella IV. Her mother, Maria Lascaris, she was the granddaughter of the Byzantine emperor. When Hungary was freed from the Tartars, her parents made a pledge, a pledge in thanksgiving to God that their very next child would be dedicated completely to him. Well, Margaret was that child, and when she was three years old, she was placed in the Dominican convent, and she lived there. And at 10 years old, she was transferred to the convent of the Blessed Virgin, founded by her parents near uh, Buddha, 
And um, she lived there for the rest of her life. At one point, though, as a teenager, her father did try to arrange a marriage for her to King Otokar II of Bohemia, but Margaret adamantly refused. At 18 years old, she took her vows, and uh, she was possessed with the, uh, piety and, and fervor and faith. She gave many penances. She served many penances in her life, and she loved kindness, especially those of the lower social stations. The investigation in her canonization lists 27 miracles, including healing from a case of awakening from death. So, pretty powerful life that she lived of great virtue and piety. She died in January of 1271 in Budapest. She was canonized by Pope Pius XII in uh, November of 1943. St. Margaret of Hungary, pray for us. The Gospel comes to us today from Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. The disciples of John and of the Pharisees were accustomed to fast. People came to Jesus and objected. Why do the disciples of John and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. And then they will fast on that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunken cloth to an old cloak. If he does, its fullness pulls away, the new from the old, and the tear gets worse. Likewise, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the skins are ruined. Rather, new wine is poured into fresh wineskins. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, in all things. Um, the, the, the images here of bridegroom, right? The new and the old, fasting and the feasting. There's a lot going on in this very uh, short passage. It's quite beautiful, actually. Jesus is the bridegroom. This is uh, a plays off of Old Testament passages, Isaiah 54, uh, Jeremiah 3, Hosea 2. You see that Yahweh is the, is the bride of Israel, his people. I mean, when, when God brings the people out of slavery, 430 years in Egypt, and he's trying to bring them out and to consecrate them and set them aside for himself, you know, he, he enters into this covenant relationship with them where they become family. Covenant is not a contract. A contract is an exchange of goods or services for the sake of economy. Covenant is the exchange of persons for the sake of family bonds. And Yahweh is to become the bride of the people. And here we see Jesus basically taking this upon himself, again, making him uh, God, the second person of the Blessed Trinity. He is God amongst us. And so, because he is the bridegroom, because he is God, amongst us. It is a feasting time, not a fasting time. Uh, fasting symbolizes mourning and separation. A time to, to feast is upon us because it, we have the incarnation in our presence. And he warns us that the time will come when we will lose that. And we better, we better pay attention. We better take advantage of this. You know, and it reminded me, like, wh- why do we fast before we go to Holy Mass, right? Now, in the good old days, we used to fast for a long, many more than one hour, but now it's at least one hour before Mass starts. But uh, we used to fast for, I think, since midnight on, I think it was the rule before. But either way, we fast up until when? 
up until we receive the Holy Eucharist, the very presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, that now becomes our feasting. We fast and then we feast on the Lord himself when he is present among us. It's powerful. Emily, Adrian? Yeah, Adrian. Yeah, so I thought the uh, the thing that I wanted to focus on was the exact same thing, but in a liturgical uh, calendar kind of way. So we have, uh, just like we're talking about, there's seasons of feasting, seasons of fasting. And uh, like I mentioned in the beginning of the show, the, one of the reasons why, I, I mean, I love Exodus 90, don't get me wrong. But one of the reasons why I didn't <laughs> want to do uh, do it this year was because, you know, there's something that you miss when you miss the the seasons of fasting leading up to the seasons of feasting. Mm. And so the Christmas tide and Epiphany tide, which we're in now, um, those are the time for fasting because like our Lord said, whenever the bridegroom is with you, uh, you do not uh, fast. Uh, not to say that you should not be fasting right now if you're doing Exodus 90 because praise God for people doing that right now. Um, and But then whenever we reach the uh, fasting season, which begins with Septuagesima, which is 70 days before uh, Easter, and uh, and then to when we start Lent and Ash Wednesday, uh, those are the seasons of intense fasting. And so those are the times, just like our Lord said, he didn't say that his people will not fast. He said they are, they are not fasting now, but there will be a time when they will fast, implying that we all must fast. Um, and St. Thomas talks about in his commentary on this sub- subject how the uh that the, the part of the reason why we fast is to bridle the passions and so our lord wasn't saying the apostles did not need to bridle their passions they're mm-hmm. just saying that it's not the time yet there's a season for everything Emily yeah and that's why he refers to the um the wineskins right because if we were constantly fasting just like nonstop we would burn out like that's just not pop- but also it's not what god intended because um our faith is actually if you if you've ever read Leisure, the basis of culture, you know that our faith is one of celebration, and um, the the highest celebration is the liturgical ce- celebration, specifically that of the sacrifice of the mass. And so we are called to celebrate. That's actually what we were created for. Um, and the fasting is is in order to prepare for that. So of course we we know that Christ fasted in the desert in the wilderness for a very long time. We know that his apostles had to suffer and do penance, um, especially after Christ ascended and they were persecuted. And so there is a time for fasting and there is a time for celebration. And um, it's important to be prudent and and have both in your life. I have to uh, make it a, a confession though. Okay, so keep this uh, I'm not between your priest. us. Keep this between <laughs> us. Don't tell anybody about this. I secretly uh, am grateful that uh, during during octaves that the fasting on uh, on Fridays is done away with. So oh yeah. I, so I can have meat <laughs> during Christmas <laughs> and Easter. Uh, I'm a bad Catholic. I'm and with you, Jim. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We'll have the What's Concerning Us section. And there are several stories concerning me anyway. I'm sure the others have Always. stories as well. So don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time will be right back on the other side of this break. Christianity rises or falls with Jesus. If Jesus is just a myth, then Christianity's false. It's that simple. So, is Jesus just a myth? The answer is no. Apart from the four Gospels in Paul's epistles, which skeptics unfairly reject, we have non-Christian sources that affirm Jesus existed. For example, the first century Jewish historian Josephus in his work, Antiquities of the Jews, names Jesus, describes him as a doer of startling deeds, and affirms his crucifixion under Pontius Pilate. Cornelius Tacitus, a Roman historian of the first century, in his work Annals, refers to a group of people called Christians and describes the founder of their name as, quote, Christus, who was put to death by Pontius Pilate 
procurator of Judea in the reign of Tiberius, close quote. So, was Jesus a real historical person? You better believe it. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. The universe is filled with order from top to bottom. It's a beautiful order, and not only is it beautiful, it's order that we can actually comprehend. And it's almost as if we have been made to be able to comprehend that order in the universe, to be able to contemplate it so that we can see maybe that purpose behind it. Please visit Father Spitzer's website, magiscenter.com, to watch this beautiful and important video about purpose and God's creation. That's magiscenter.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It's so good to be on with you this morning. Praise be to Jesus. Hope your weekend was really good. Uh, before we jump into the What's Concerning Us section, I want to remind you that the Deacon Harold Burke Sivers is going to be our guest here in just about, uh, I don't know, 17 minutes or so from now. Uh, Deacon Harold will be on with us, and we're going to talk about how to keep your peace in the midst of crazy, in the midst of chaos. Deacon Harold will be our guest, because uh, it's important. Uh, you know, it's very important, and no matter what happens in the headline news and the the world around us, that we keep our peace, we put our, tr- our trust in God himself, and uh, and we must live that way. And so Deacon Harold will have that conversation with us. Also, I want to mention, if you're at all able to join us in the next hour, we'd love to to have you. Uh, we're going to uh, have a, a mass starting at in the halfway point of the next hour, plus Catholic Drive Time team will finish the rest of that hour off on social media. I'll talk more about that at the beginning of the next hour. But in the What's Concerning Us section, there's a couple of stories. Um, let me just give this one really quick. The, Emily brought this to my attention this morning, and I was like, come on. Uh, this is an article out of Breitbart. We'll link to it. We always put the post, the links to these stories on our social feed over on facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. You can find it there. It says, high decibel social distancing dog collars for factory workers deployed. I mean, let that set in for one second. High decibel social distancing dog collars for factory workers, not for dogs, but for people, were deployed. The article says a Swedish manufacturer in France has been accused of treating their employees like dogs after the company asked its workers to wear a social distancing device that emits a high decibel sound if employees are too close to each other. That is literally insane. That is literally insane. We are, we are reducing the dignity of the human person down to the level of a dog because uh, we have to force people to uh, follow these guidelines. It's, it's literally insane. Where did, you see, where, where did you see this story, Emily? So I just posted the article on Breitbart, although it was also reported by uh, LifeSite News. And it's, it's funny, on the Breitbart article, the cover photo is a copy of 1984. Right. <laughs> Like, is this the world we want to live in? I mean, I, I get prudential judgment. I understand that. I can understand, you know, like I wear a coat to get to save myself from getting cold. You know, you wear a mask at the appropriate times or I can I can come to understand that. But it's these draconian forcing of things uh, that I always take exception with. Um, and. Adults usually can make decisions for themselves. Right. This has gone past the point of treating adults like children by forcing them into, like, time out. This is now treating adults like animals. Right. Um, it's very um, 
1984-ish. I guess we might as well say it. I mean, that's why they used the picture. Dystopian. Did you ever Dystopian. think we'd see something like this? No. no well, we, I mean, <laughs> yes, I guess so. I mean, the world's not headed in a, in a, in a wonderful direction, right? I mean, uh, the reign of, uh, of Our Lady in peace, that doesn't happen until – or uh, here's another way of saying it. You can't get to Easter resurrection glory without going through Good Friday Passion first. So the world's headed for Good Friday Passion, mm-hmm, whether it wants mm-hmm. to or not. That is where it's headed. And, it, you know, and that's part of our conversation with Deacon Harold later is in spite of it, we must be St. John at the foot of the cross. We must be Our Lady at the foot of the cross who quietly held back, who quietly observed and watched her own son die so gruesomely on that cross to save souls. We must have peace and courage to face it, and we must stand there. And uh, But to see these stories come out like dog human beings being given dog collars, mm-hmm. it reminds me of what goes on in communist China every single day. Well, the interesting thing about that that I thought of whenever you are talking about it was I was talking to a friend of mine who's studying to become a, uh, a veterinarian, for uh, large animals, uh, and um, they were, she was, we we're talking to, I was talking to her about, we were talking about birth control and NAPRO technology, um, and in the conversation where she was, we we're talking about how birth control a lot of times is, is given to women to treat symptoms uh, without actually treating the actual problems that are underlying, the underlying problems, and she was saying, this is like how we treat animals, like a lot yeah. of times mm-hmm. we don't actually treat the problems that animals have, instead we just fix the symptoms so because we just trying to get them to do the job they need to do and to be like mellowed down so if, if a animal has like worms in its brain they might just give them uh some tonal type thing to make sure they're not feeling any pain and that they can yeah. just live but we're humans we're not we're not treating symptoms we're trying to actually like fix the underlying problems with ourselves and and in terms of health but then in our, our life to live human lives you know, it does. It also kind of reminds me of the one of the biggest criticisms of the Franciscan missions in the in America. Uh, you know, at the at the time of the colonies and and leading up to the expansion west was that the the Franciscans would treat the Indians like children instead of like adults, and uh, and and abuses happened as a result of that. And still today, that is one of the big criticisms of the missions. And those aren't unfounded criticisms. I mean, I've talked about that many times in re- in defending uh, Saint Hanipero Serra, as a matter of fact, who personally went to to defend the native peoples against the Spanish military. Um, so I've had that conversation many times. But here we are. Do you know? Basically, history is biting us uh, again, where we're treating humans like less than humans. It, the dignity of the human person is so crucial in our in our philosophy and our theology as Catholics. And when we see this, it just I, I go, well, this is crazy. Who in their right minds thinks it's okay to put dog collars on on factory workers? I mean, are they machines? Are they just an ins to the mean? No. The the point to to economy ought to be people. People are the point, not the product, not your bottom line. It is people, human beings. And uh, boy, that's just. It's wacky. Speaking of another wacky story, I saw over here on Defense One, DefenseOne.com, outgoing Syria envoy admits hiding U.S. troop numbers, praises Trump's Mideast record. So this is a, a, a person who was not a Trump fan, Ambassador Jim Jeffrey. He says, quote, we were always playing shell games to not make clear to our leadership how many troops that they had in Syria. They were hiding intentionally the number of troops from 
President Donald Trump. They didn't want him to know how many troops, in fact, that they had. Now, he had ordered that they had reduced down to a couple of hundred, a few hundred, when they actually had more than that, and they were always hiding the numbers. So I'm going to link to this story as well. I think that should tell you something about our situation. I saw a similar story. I don't have an article for it. I can, I'll try to Google it. I heard it on the way in this morning. I have to find the story still. Where uh, in the census... Uh, Donald Trump asked them to to record whether or not the the people that they were uh, asking the census questions to were citizens or not, and they recorded that information, and they were preparing for that report. But the director of the census decided to not uh, finish that report off, so it will not be a part of the the actual results. The the where that is impacted is. They can only count the citizens as far as representation in Congress. So like states like California, maybe even Texas, their numbers may come down because their citizens versus non-citizens have a a big gap there. So the director decides, no, we're not going to finish this. Uh, We're just going to ignore that part, even though the president of the United States had ordered it. So these are are examples. This uh, Ambassador Jeffrey, who was intentionally lying to to his superiors about troop numbers, Uh, him along with DOD officials. White House officials, all part of the process of not letting Trump know. At the same time, he he appreciates Trump's record in the Middle East. Um, I think these are symptoms of a greater problem in our society. It's not just one man. It's not just one branch of government. It's a it's it's a it's a whole bunch of problems that add up to a very dangerous situation. And what do I mean by that? Well. Here's some other articles, one from Breitbart, here's another one from uh, Epic Times, and there, there's others from many outlets, not just these. Um, the troop count in our nation's capital ahead of the inaugura- inauguration of President Joe Biden. I was listening to uh, Roman from the Epic Times, and he was saying, this, there are more troops in our nation's capital today than there are in Afghanistan today. I want you to let that sink in for a moment. There are more troops in our nation's capital than in Afghanistan and in Syria, I imagine. Together, add it up. There's more than a, there's more than 20,000 uh, troops erecting walls, fences, Constantina wire. I mean, I have a colleague who works out of, out of our D.C. location. He sent me uh, a picture on Friday um, of a checkpoint and there was a national guardsman there i imagine national guardsman i don't know who the person was but i met a person a member of our armed services with a with a uh, an m16 service rifle and he was at a checkpoint and he was preventing people from driving beyond him so my colleague was not able to get to our own studio he was not able to go to his office he had to turn around and go home because this checkpoint prevented him from going any further um that seems rather crazy to me. That seems rather crazy to me. Uh, this article on Breitbart says, D.C. on edge as Joe Biden's unconventional inauguration looms large. It says tensions have continued to heighten in the nation's capital following a year dominated by restrictions and shutdowns stemming from the battle against the Chinese coronavirus as well as contentions and disputed presidential election capped off by a January 6th Capitol riots. A series of events all factoring into what will be a rather unconventional inauguration for the incoming president on January the 20th. Um, Wow. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Emily, Adrian, what do you guys got? 
Yeah, that was insane. I saw the same thing. 21,000 National Guard troops. But where were they during the Black Lives Matter and Antifa protests? When many parts of D.C. was on fire. Literally, literally on fire. Not just one location, as we saw with the Capitol, which, of course, was horrific. Um, But again, this this reaction, we didn't see it throughout this entire year when we were having similar events um, all over the nation. Um, for, so for my headline, which is sort of related, I was very disappointed to see that the March for Life is being canceled this year. It's exactly what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, mm-hmm. because we've seen protests and riots all year long, all year long from so many different uh, groups. Now, the March for Life isn't necessarily c- canceled. They're saying it's virtual instead. But I, I understand that we're in a pandemic. But listen, outdoor transmission is very, very low. Okay, and I feel like there there must have been a way to make this work when so many people are allowed in Walmart at the same time, mm. which is an indoor area. An outdoor, um, th- like it's so easy to space people out outdoors. I feel like, and we could have done like a like an individual thing, like more protests in individual cities instead of having everyone go to D.C. because that would be like a, a mass amount of people in D.C. Um, but I just feel like there was a different way to make this work. And, and the March for Life is needed now more than ever with the incoming uh, Biden administration, which is the most pro-abortion administration in history. So I was just disappointed to hear that. Adrian. Yeah, we're about to head out in about 30 seconds to break. But yes, absolutely. I'm I am very, very sad about this. Um, I know the TFP, Tradition Family Property, they're still having their marches. I was just at the march in Dallas that got canceled. Uh, the TFP uh, had uh, about 150 people there. So, yeah. All right. Well, we're posting links to the stories and praying for everything involved. But uh, stick around. We're going to have more breaking news and stories uh, from Emily on the other side of this break. Plus, our conversation with the great dynamic deacon Harold Burke Sivers is going to be on the program. We're going to be talking about keeping peace in the midst of all this crazy. What are we as Catholics called to do and how do we do it? All that is coming up more. Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church would be okay if it weren't for all the rituals? Why do people complain about rituals in the church? They don't complain about the rituals that fill the rest of their daily lives. They shake hands, they sign their names, they put candles on birthday cakes, they give each other flowers, they put on fancy weddings and somber funerals. Those are all rituals. They are symbols. They are simple ways of representing complex ideas. G.K. Chesterton says, Ritual is a need of the human soul. In fact, it's a need of the human body, like exercise. Destroy your impressive ceremony, and all you get in return is unimpressive ceremony. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. We have got some good news. The new version of the Guadalupe Radio Network app is out now. The new version offers big improvements with even more on the way. You'll be able to find and listen to your station no matter where you are and switch between our English and Spanish stations with ease. Missed your favorite GRN show? You can find all past episodes as podcasts on the app. To download or update the app, search your app store for the Guadalupe Radio Network. to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. 
Coming up here in just about uh, three three minutes from now, we're going to have Deacon Harold Burke Sivers talking about keeping peace in the midst of crazy. It's going to be a great conversation. Stick around for that. I wanted to say real quick, uh, if you're looking for podcast version of the show, our website's a great place to go, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. But uh, we're also posting videos, individual conversation segments. So we're breaking it out from the two hours. We post the two hours live on YouTube, so you can always uh, go to there. But we're also posting on Rumble as a way to kind of get around some of the uh, the, the, the algorithm uh, troubles that we've been seeing as of late. So you can find us on Rubble. You can Rumble. You can find us on Instagram, by the way, plus on Facebook and on Twitter, Search for the Catholic Drive Time. We would love to have you as a subscriber. And uh, please like, share, subscribe, all of that. It really helps us out. But here's more breaking news and headlines with Emily Alcarez. The in-person March for Life has been canceled. Organizers of the annual march in the nation's capital have announced that the mass gathering against abortion is taking place virtually, with only a small group of pro-life leaders invited to demonstrate in person. The March for Life Education and Defense Fund, the organization behind the annual March for Life in Washington, D.C., said the decision was made due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic and the risk of unrest in the nation's capital. This year's virtual march will take place on January 29th. As of Friday, 21,000 National Guard troops have locked down huge portions of the nation's capital city following the attack on the U.S. Capitol building last week and in anticipation of the inauguration of President-elect Joe Biden on January 20th. The Vatican Court is due to hold a sentence hearing for the ex-president of the Vatican Bank. Angelo Caloia, the 81-year-old ex-president of the Institute commonly known as the Vatican Bank, has been on trial for two years for money laundering and self-laundering and embezzlement. It has been reported that the Vatican's promoter of justice, Alessandro Didi, is seeking an eight-year jail term for Caloia, the first time the Vatican has sought a prison sentence for financial crimes. The January 21st hearing will also include Caloia's lawyer and his lawyer's son, and will reportedly issue the court's sentence after the two-year-long trial. The two men allegedly sold the Vatican Bank's real estate assets to themselves through offshore companies and firms in Luxembourg via a complex shielding operation. Fifty human rights professionals and organizations have signed an open letter calling for an investigation into the genocide of the Uyghur people in China. The letter, published on January 14th, was spearheaded by the Uyghur Human Rights Project. The letter also points to evidence that the Chinese government is taking steps to reduce birth rates among Uyghur women, including the use of forced abortions and sterilizations. The Chinese embassy in the U.S. was criticized last week for defending the forced sterilization of Uyghur women, saying that they are no longer baby-making machines and that they are more confident and independent. Workers in France may have to begin wearing collars to enforce social distancing. A Swedish manufacturer in France has been accused of treating their employees like dogs after the company asked its workers to wear a social distancing device that emits a high decibel sound if employees are too close to each other. The plan was touted as a way to reinforce the the safety of collaborators by limiting transmission of the virus as much as possible. Essity, which produces tissue paper, baby diapers, and feminine care products, said that they had already deployed the system in the United Kingdom and have been testing it in the Netherlands. Responding to the story, the president of the popular Republican Union Party in France, Francois Asselineau, said, 
The next stage will be an electric shock of 380 volts between the two offenders. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Did you just say 380 volts of shock? They're going to shock them? That's right. I missed that part of the article. Yeah, so if the high decibel noise doesn't work, they're going to go to shocks. Shock collars. Shock collars for, for factory humans. Workers. For that's factory right. workers. That's mm-hmm. That's where we're at. <sighs> okay. Well, that's a great segue because we're talking about how to keep peace in the midst of absolute insanity uh, with Deacon Harold Burke Servers, who joins us live by Zoom chat all the way from the uh, Portland, Oregon, West Coast area there. Good morning to you, Deacon Harold. Good morning, Joe. Emily, it's great to be with you this morning. Praise God. Uh, it's good to have you on again, Deacon Harold. Uh, I'm a big fan of obviously, and and it's been a good uh, opportunity to to be your friend and and to be inspired by you. And and I was thinking about who do we talk to about how to keep peace in the midst of crazy. Your name really popped into my mind, and I felt like it was an inspire inspiration. So that's why I reached out to you. Um, we're, we read these headline news, and it becomes otherworldly. And I know because I have to read the news all the time. Um, you can feel, I feel the anxiety of it because I have to stay abreast of all the stories. I feel the anxiety and I start to worry as a parent about my children and their future. And I think that's part of the struggle though as parents and Catholics is we can allow that to steal our peace and we can allow that to, uh, to uh, discourage us and we, and we, and our anxieties just go up. What are we called to? And all of this, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Well, the verse that comes to mind, Joe, and thinking about all of this is John chapter 14, verse 27, where the Lord says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Bam! That sums <laughs> it up right there. Our Lord tells us, see, if we're trying to find peace and tranquility and and comfort in this world, you ain't going to find it because it ain't here. (laughs) There's nothing in this world that can give us what Jesus Christ gives. And so, uh, unlike you, I've decided to unplug from all this stuff because I've noticed <laughs> when people basically live on this stuff, yeah, uh, on the news and all the negativity, you know, their, their hearts grow bitter, they're angry, they're anxious all the time. Now, of course, we need folks like Guadalupe Radio Network to keep us informed <laughs> from a Catholic perspective of what's going on. Uh, so, so that's very important. But for the average person, you know, part of what I would say is to the first thing is to unplug from a lot of that stuff and get back into some spiritual reading and deeper prayer and intimacy with the Lord. You know, this weekend I was, I uh, took uh, my, some of my children and we went uh, hunting and camping, you know, and I didn't, I didn't stay, I didn't even look at the news. I didn't look at social media. I was totally off of it for at least a few days. And boy, it was, it was peaceful. It was relaxing. You know, it was just so wonderful. But to come back to the news again, it can be so depressing. Uh, but there, there's got to be a, a balance, right, Deacon? I mean, we have to have some knowledge of what's going on and kind of be abreast. But I just feel like it's been one of those struggles in life as a parent, as a husband, as a father, to find that balance between too much and not enough. Any advice on how to strike that balance? Well, I think part of the problem is is because of uh, COVID and all of the um, accoutrement that has been going on with this pandemic is that people have been isolated and people have been alone and people haven't been able to work. And so what do you do? You feed on on what's around you. 
So there hasn't been a balance. I mean, people haven't been able to go to mass. People haven't been able to go to work. You know, so uh, so they're just feeding on all of the mm. uh, on the news. But but you're right. So it has to be a balance. So if you're going to be isolated, again, you know, yes, okay. If you want to listen to the news and keep up what's going on, that's great. But you have to balance that out with something. It's like, for example, if um, you're, you're cooking a steak, right? You have to have the right ingredients. Right? You have to let the steak marinate. Mm. And you have to, you know, you have to get that nice sear on the steak. <laughs> no, or else, stop! Or you're or making me hungry. Gonna be dry, okay. <laughs> right? And our lives are like that too. So we have to to leaven uh, our lives with prayer. We have to balance you know, listening and watching the news. And hopefully people are listening to Guadalupe radio uh, a lot, like all the time. Um, but we have to balance that with a prayer life. Like, for example, this morning when I got up, Joe, first thing I said was, Lord, thank you for allowing me to see the light of another day so that I may give honor, praise, and glory to your most holy name. Mm. See, because why? Because that is setting the tone for my day. Waking up, I mean, first thing, literally before my feet hit the ground, giving honor, praise, and glory to God, thanking him for giving me breath and my body for another day. So whatever I do today honors and glorifies him. Um, you know, after I, I get off the program with you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the office for the day. You know, later on today, I'm going to say my rosary and then my chaplet of divine mercy. So balancing Throughout the day, life of prayer, you may do Lectio Divina. You pick up your favorite verses of scripture and you dive in mm. and you begin to see yourself and your story and your life in the midst of the word of God and instead of becoming so anxious and worried about everything going on during the day. Remembering th- that Jesus Christ is Lord of every single situation in our lives. Yes, Deacon, I absolutely agree. And that's wonderful advice. And I've been trying to implement the same thing in my own life as well, because I think for a long time, I thought that if I cut out secular social media news and replaced it with like Catholic content, then that was good enough. But honestly, even sometimes we even need silence from that as well. Like it's good and enriching, but we need the silence. So what would you say about the importance of silence and especially for people who, um, live busy lives in the world, like lay people? How do we incorporate silence into our lives? Oh, that's so important, Emily. That's such a great point. Um, you know, Psalm 46, verse 11 says, be still and know that I am God, right? So in the midst of the silence and quiet is where we hear God's voice. Well, I mean, we heard this in the reading, uh, the first reading from uh, Samuel this past weekend. You know, we, we heard um, the, the God calling to Samuel while he was sleeping, right? There's something about stillness and silence and quiet where God reaches out and touches our hearts. Hold that thought. God's- Hold that thought, Deacon Harold. We're going to go to a short break. We're going to come back. We'll let you. Uh, we'll let you carry on with that. But don't go anywhere. More of our conversation with Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, the dynamic Deacon. Check him out online at deaconherald.com. More is coming up next right here on Catholic Drive Time. Don't go anywhere. This is a Messy Family Minute from Mike and Alicia Hernan. As moms and dads, we're pulled in many directions. Our world is frantic and sometimes chaotic. We parents need to take a pause. Take some time away to become more intentional in our Catholic family life. We suggest a tool that we call the Family Board Meeting. 
This meeting's a time for you and your spouse to affirm each other and your giftedness, cast a vision framing what you want your family to look like, and then set concrete goals to make that vision a reality. More than ever, our world needs dynamic Catholic families. That only happens when parents are intentional about building a Catholic family culture within their home. Take time to build a culture that is stronger and more influential on your children than the culture of the world that surrounds them. To help you run this board meeting, we've created a tool for you. A download at our website, MessyFamilyProject.org. Get the worksheet and then work with your spouse to be more intentional in your family life. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you this morning. We're talking with Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, the dynamic deacon, deaconherald.com, about keeping your peace in the midst of crazy. And uh, on the uh, before the break, we were talking about, uh, you know, maintaining a balance as uh, as lay folk, we, you know, finding peace and quiet and in order to have that balance, because otherwise the anxieties, the crazy of our world can overcome us. But I want to ask, I want to spin it a little bit on you, Deacon, and have you, uh, you can finish what you were saying before we went to the break, but I want to, want to set this up a little bit. I think there, the con, there's a, there's another argument here to say, we also need people to be bold and courageous and to speak the hard truth out of a sense of charity, but hard truth nonetheless, uh, in these difficult times. Because if we were all silent, who would be left to speak the truth? I would love to get your input on that, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Yeah, excellent, Joe. Thank you. And I just want to finish my point that Emily made about silence. And so uh, I was talking about Psalm 46, verse 11 says, be still and know that I am God. And the word know there in Hebrew is yaudah, which is knowledge that's gained by experience. So you can translate that be still and experience God, because that's where experience God that we heard from Samuel this past weekend, where Samuel heard the voice of the Lord in the silence and in the quiet. In fact, for St. Joseph, in this year of St. Joseph, the three times that the angel Gabriel came to Joseph, he was sleeping all three times, right? So we have to find times during during our day where we're quiet, because when God speaks to us, he doesn't speak to us with these things on the sides of our heads, right? He speaks to us in what St. Benedict called the ear of the heart. Uh, and, And so in order to listen to God's voice in our hearts, we have to be quiet. But it's fostering that intimate personal relationship with Jesus Christ in the midst of that silence that gives us the courage to live out our baptismal call to holiness, uh, which means that we have to be bold and we can't be afraid to speak the truth in love, right? Ephesians 4.15, we have to speak the truth, but the truth needs to be in in love. Mm. So we can't speak the truth with vitriol. We, we can't speak the truth with an agenda, we the, the agenda has to be the, the beauty and the truth of Jesus Christ. That's one of the big conversations I've had many times with listeners and, and other people. You know, um, our mission at the Catholic Church is to evangelize the world for, for the glory of God and for the salvation of souls. And yet, uh, I have to say, 
it seems like evangelization is a word that we're not allowed to talk about too much. Uh, it seems like evangel. I mean, how many people know who's in charge of evangelization for their diocese? I would say most people probably don't even know who that e- exists. Or what is the plan of evangelization at, at, at an individual parish, if they have one at all? I mean, I would say that they're too often and too many times, it seems like evangelization is not really on the, on the front burner, but Maybe it's on the back burner, and even then, who knows? Um, have, has that been your experience, Deacon? What What would you say to that? Well, we have to understand what evangelization is, right? If you look at the etymology, it comes from the word Greek word evangelion. And if you look at how that was used like three centuries, uh, th- third century B.C., at the time of Homer, it was uh, used for soldiers coming back from battle. We have evangelion. We have good news. We won. And it was used the same way at the time of Christ uh, that the Romans used, except when Caesar proclaimed news. Because when the king proclaimed news, it was news that can change your life. So it just wasn't good news. It was life-changing news. Well, Joe and Emily, we serve the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And so the encounter with Christ is not just good news, it's life-changing news. Mm. That encounter with Christ could change your life. And that's how we need to introduce people to Jesus and evangelization. It's not just talking about Jesus, talking about the gospel, talking about the good news. It's really about having people meet Jesus Christ in and through who, Joe? You. That's where it starts. People say a lot of people really haven't met Jesus because they haven't met Jesus in you. Mm. That's where it starts. When when we're nourished by our Lord Jesus Christ in word and in sacrament, that empowers us and strengthens the sacrament of baptism and confirmation that allows us to speak the truth boldly and and with with the love of Christ flowing from our hearts, flowing from that Eucharistic union. And it's in that encounter where people first meet Jesus. And then what is our goal? Not to win arguments, not to convince people, but when they meet Jesus Christ, your your goal should be, how do I get this person in front of me to want to hear more about what I have to say about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? That's the goal. That's absolutely right. And I find that, um, I used to go right off the bat with the truth, you know, black and white truth. Here's what the Catholic Church teaches. But in my experience, I found that really people respond so much better when they know that you love them first and that you care for them and that what you're telling them is for their own good. And so I think, Deacon, let me know if you agree with me, but I think that's the way that we should approach the culture is first letting them know that we have the news that you are loved and you are good and what, what we're trying to share with you will set you free. That's right. And free to do what? Free to be the person who God created you to be. See, the the problem is this. We live in a culture that is not made in in the image and likeness of God. It's trying to make God in its own image and likeness. Mm -hmm. That's that's the problem. So we we can't forget it's, you know, it's God that um, uh, that we're witnessing to the power of God's love working in our lives. And that's where we need to start from. We need to start from a position of love. Um, the Good Samaritan parable uh, drives that point home. You know, here's this Jewish guy on the side of the road. The priest walks by, the, the Levite walks by, but the Samaritan, who they're supposed to hate, mm. uh, who don't, don't have anything in common with, I mean, they do have a, a background, a common heritage, but, you know, it's kind of like uh uh, it's kind of like the uh, Vulcans and the Romulans, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you follow Star Trek. Uh, that's that kind of relationship between the Jews and the Samaritans. But it's the Samaritan 
who looks at that person, he sees a person suffering, he doesn't care mm. about what his religious background is, he treats him with love, and he treats him with respect. And if we start from there, people will listen actually to more of what we have to say, and maybe their hearts will become open to the beauty and truth of Jesus Christ and the Catholic faith. Now, Deacon, one of our uh, fans on Facebook has just commented this question. Patty says, where and how do you start with people who are clueless of faith? So do you have any thoughts on that, Deacon? Yeah, you have to meet people where they are. You know, so you have to find out what's important to them and then make that connection with them, right? Make that connection. So, for example, if uh, here in the Pacific Northwest, there's a lot of atheists right, and a lot of agnostics. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so uh, one of the things that I do is when I say, well, you can't even prove to me that God exists. See, this is where we have to learn apologetics and know some things about our faith. And so what I do is I typically make an argument and I, and I, I, and I kind of present it in three different ways. So what I'm doing and I'm taking St. Thomas Aquinas and I'm giving some contemporary examples and I'm asking some questions. You know, I use the Socratic method where they say, well, you can't prove to me God exists. Okay, well, how about this? And I ask a series of questions that they can't answer. Why? Because we're getting that person to think. Because mm-hmm. what people are doing, they're, they're, they're not thinking, but they're feeling with their emotions and they're giving you these emotional responses. And what we have to do is just to stop, take a deep breath and get people to think. Not I feel, I feel, I feel, I think. And when they start thinking, I think that's when, you know, uh, the, the head and the heart begin to connect and they begin to look at the faith from a holistic perspective. And I think that's where we need to get people to. And I believe that our greater society really needs to think right now. They're definitely not. I mean, when you put dog collars on people with shock uh, devices, I mean, that's not thinking. Okay, that's that's something otherworldly. It's crazy. And, you know, okay, I want to put on my tinfoil hat for a moment. And, and Adrian, my producer, is supposed to produce me a tinfoil hat to wear during these, these times. It. But, uh, you know, I was having a conversation with my priest last week, and we were talking about some of the challenges, especially as regards to censorship on the digital platform platforms and how that affects the voice of the Catholic evangelist to reach the masses and how more difficult that will be in the coming years. And he said, you know, good, praise God, we'll have to go door to door. And it's like he said, it's time for us to go back to going door to door. Can't leave it to the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons <laughs> and your local Baptist church to go door to door. Catholics need to go door to door. And he really praised the work of the Legion of Mary. Uh, and he was talking about a, 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 a lady in the Legion of Mary at our parish that was afraid to go door to door. She was nervous, didn't know what to say, didn't know how to do it. And, uh, you know, he, he prayed with her and he, he coached her a little bit. And, and when she came back from her trip, she was, she was affirmed. And she was joyful, and she was uh, she had uh, greater courage because she realized that it's uh, it's one on one, it's it's organic, it's you don't have to be uh, rote or contrived. It's just you know you're creating relationship, and I think it was something you said earlier, Patty, about our Patty <laughs> that Patty's our fan, Emily, about uh, they they need to know you love them first. And I think she realized that it's a one-on-one discipleship that is, that is based in relationship. Um, about three minutes left to go. Deacon Harold Burke service. What say you? Yeah. So they're trying to silence us, Joe, just like they did in the early church. What we're seeing here is a modern version of what happened in the first century. How did they try to silence the Christians? They killed them. Mm. They slaughtered them. You know, and so what they're, how they're trying to, how they're trying to kill us and persecute us today by silencing us, by trying to take our voice away. 
um, not only does that violate the, the First Amendment, but it also violates, uh, you know, uh, our ability to be able to speak the truth and love, to be able to speak freely. Yeah. And so we have to get creative, Joe. And, and maybe we do have to go door to door. And maybe we, we can't be afraid to speak the truth in love. You know, a lot of people always say, well, it's the, it's the priest's job. It's the deacon's job. It's this, the DRE's job. No, it's all of our job. By our baptism, all of us are called to witness to mm-hmm. the beauty of our faith. However, God is called to do that within your sphere of influence. So whether you're a housewife, whether you're a Guadalupe Radio Network radio host, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, whether you're a construction worker, whether you're a nurse, a physician or a teacher, we are all called to witness to our faith. And sometimes that witness happens not just with our words, but by our actions. Because isn't it interesting? Sometimes Joe, people will come up to you and say, what is it about you? Something about him or something about her. I can't put my finger on it, Mm. but there's something there that's attractive and beautiful. And that's what happens Mm -hmm. when the faith starts to emanate from you. You know, people are drawn to you because they want more of what you have from Christ. Speaking of more, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, we'd always love to have more of you. Hopefully we'll get you back on the show. I encourage our audience to go to DeaconHerald.com to check out the latest and the greatest speaking opportunities. I know you're doing some webinars, too, so uh, please check them out online at DeaconHerald.com. Thank you, Deacon, for being on today. Thanks, Joe and Emily, for having me. God bless you. God bless you, too. God love you, and have a great day. All right, audience, that's going to do it for our first hour of Catholic Drive Time. We hope you can join us in the second hour, if possible. Our game show will be in the second hour. Plus, uh, we're going to have a live broadcast mass, but I want to say thanks for the Stations of the Cross for being a part of this first hour. I know you guys are signing off for your mass. God love you, and God bless you. Hope you have a great day. More Catholic Drive Time tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. We hope to see you there. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same Thanks, time, Deacon. right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. What does the word apologetics mean? The word apologetics is derived from an ancient Greek word apologia or apologia, which means an apology. Not an apology in the modern sense of the word, which is to say you're sorry for something, but rather an apology in the ancient sense of the word, which is to make a reasoned defense of something or someone. In ancient times, the word apology referred to the case a lawyer would make on behalf of his client. So apologetics is about building the case for our faith, learning how to explain and defend our faith. Basically, there are three types of apologetics, natural, Christian, and Catholic. Natural apologetics builds the case for truths that we can know from the natural light of reason, truths that are able to be known without any divine intervention, truths such as the existence of God, the innate spirituality of the human soul, the objective reality of right and wrong, truths which the articles of our faith rest upon and build upon. Christian apologetics, on the other hand, builds the case for divinely revealed truths, truths that cannot be known by reason apart from faith, truths such as the reality of biblical miracles, the divinity of Christ, the virgin birth, and the resurrection, to name a few. Catholic apologetics encompasses all of Christian apologetics since Catholicism is the fullness of Christianity, but Catholic apologetics tends to focus on those truths of Christianity that are not generally believed by non-Catholic Christians, truths such as 
the Catholic Church having been founded by Jesus Christ, the papacy, the sacraments, the Immaculate Conception, and others. Again, the three main types of apologetics are natural, Christian, and Catholic. And in this course, we will be focusing mainly on Catholic apologetics, how to explain and defend the truths of our Catholic faith. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Anne is a real GRN listener, so to help tell her story, we hired Open Line Monday host, John Martinoni. I love listening to Catholic Radio on the GRN. Anne is a smart girl. And when I found out the GRN was raffling off a 2021 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250, I was like, where do I sign up? Getting even smarter. So, I went to GRNonline.com and bought five tickets for $100. That's a stale. Celebrity voice impersonated. Drawing ends March 1st. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Good morning to you. Happy Monday. How was your weekend? Hope it was good. It's good to have you back on the program. Now, this hour is going to be uh, special. It's going to be special because today we kick off a brand new live broadcast Holy Mass out of the Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. It's a beautiful chapel, by the way. You should look that up and Google it. But uh, it's going to be a live broadcast Mass out of... The, the chapel in Corpus Christi, Monday through Friday, in, the, in this hour. This is the way it works. So 7.30 Central, 8.30 Eastern, Monday through Friday, it's going to happen. So we'll sign off after the game show. So we're going to do breaking news and stories. We'll have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and then we'll do our game show. And prizes are still involved, praise be through God. People can still win some prizes, and we love the phone calls that come in for that. It's just, it's really affirming. I got, and I got a great voicemail over the weekend uh, about the game show. A listener out in the San Antonio area who just loves, love, loves the game show. And we're so grateful to you for listening. Thank you. Uh, but at 7.30, we will sign off, and the Holy Mass will begin. Now, when that happens, we as a team are going to stay on social media stream. So we encourage you to tune in to the Holy Mass. We would love for you to do that and take full advantage of the live Mass. We would, we would encourage that. But if you want to hang out with us for what we're going to call the after show, the after drive time show, or should we call it uh, park and ride? Ooh, that'd be fun. <laughs> Good morning, Emily. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Adrian. Good morning. <laughs> after show or park and ride? Should we take a poll? I wonder. Yeah, let's take the, a poll. Yeah, how Keep about the the during the after theme. show? Yeah. How about during the after show? We the people the comment in. <laughs> people comment yeah. what the name of the after show should be. Okay, maybe maybe we, maybe we can take a caller. But we'll stay on our live social streams. And the way you do that, so we're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash GRN online. We're also on forward slash Catholic Drive Time. There, we're also on YouTube, so you can be hanging out with us on YouTube and just search for uh, GRN online on YouTube. You can also search for us on Twitter on for Catholic Drive Time. We're live streaming there as well. Uh, Emily posts to Instagram. Uh, Adrian's been posting on Rumble because 
censorship is a thing. <laughs> so we have to we have to post somewhere. But uh, so we're kind of all over the place. I'm starting to post on Gab. Plus there's SP3RN. I'm kind of new there, but we're trying to get the uh, the developer of that site on the show sometime to talk about that. So hopefully we'll get that done. So we're, we're posting in a lot of places. But if you want to be on the after show for the live feed, we encourage you to do that on Facebook.com forward slash uh, GRN online or Catholic Drive Time, uh, as well as Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. All right. So that's the deal. But uh, so no guest segment in this hour. We'll just do a wrap up in the after show. We'll talk about the, sh- the stories we've discussed, our conversation with Deacon Harold that we just wrapped up. But we still have breaking news and stories, Saint of the Day, Gospel Day, and the game show is still coming in this hour. All right. So that's the deal. Are you ready? Here we go. Let's pray, and then we'll jump right in. So, my dear listener, whatever your intentions are, we're going to include those in our prayers. I'm going to pray for my family. I'm going to pray for our team here, our equipment, our our show, our, our radio apostolate, and for God's provision for it, as well as for a special protection over the wickedness and snares of the devil in this world, that we might live good and virtuous and holy lives to do his will and to uh, help bring about many conversions for the glory of God. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcarez. The Diocese of Lansing has adopted a gender identity policy that is consistent with biological sex. In a statement, the diocese said the policy aims to ensure the highest standards of pastoral care for those with gender dysphoria while also ensuring that Catholic entities, such as parishes and schools, have the capability and confidence to safeguard those in their care from contemporary gender ideologies. The diocesan policy means that students and parents will be addressed with pronouns in accord with their biological sex, and students will participate in sports and use bathrooms and locker rooms in accord with their biological sex. And Catholic schools will not cooperate in the administration of puberty blocking or cross-sex hormones. Twitter has banned Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene's personal Twitter account. The Georgia Congresswoman who won her election in November to her first term in Congress has supported both the QAnon conspiracy theory and has questioned the election results, even wearing a mask on the House floor that says Trump won on it. In more news about censorship, Facebook announced on Saturday that it will ban advertisements for weapon accessories and protective equipment during the week of the inauguration. Facebook has also blocked the creation of any new Facebook events in close proximity to places such as the White House and U.S. Capitol in Washington, as well as state capitol buildings, through January 20th. A hospice in British Columbia is being evicted due to their opposition to euthanasia. Last year, the Delta Hospice Society was informed that they would be losing $1.5 million in funding, as well as its permission to operate as a hospice in February of 2021. And this was due to the refusal to offer quote-unquote assisted dying, which is the Canadian legal term for euthanasia. The Supreme Court of British Columbia ruled in June that the hospice had acted wrongly in its attempts to define its Christian identity and to exclude euthanasia. Angelina Ireland, the president of the Delta Hospice, said the group will return to their roots now by offering at-home palliative care. 
Last week, nine Catholic bishops across three continents died after testing positive for COVID-19. Five of the bishops died in Europe, where a new strain of the virus has led many countries to implement further restrictions. And a Conceptionist convent also had a major outbreak last week in Portugal. The sisters there run the preeminent nursing house in the region. Pope Francis and Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI have now both been vaccinated against the virus. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. St. Margaret of Hungary, pray for us. Born in 1242 to King Bella IV and Maria Lascaris, uh, she was the granddaughter of the Byzantine emperor. That's kind of cool. When Hungary was freed from the Tartars, her parents made a promise to God that they would dedicate their very next child to him alone. Well, that was Margaret. And at age three, she was taken and placed in the Dominican convent. She was transferred to, at 10 years old, to uh, the Convent of the Blessed Virgin, which her parents founded. And uh, at one point in her life, her father did try to arrange an, a marriage for her to King Odokar II of Bohemia, but she adamantly refused. At 18 years old, she took her vows and became a professed Dominican sister. Now, she had many severe self-imposed penances, and she had a, a love and a kindness for people, especially of lower classes. Um, so she lived a good and heroic, virtuous life. Uh, she died in January 1271 in Budapest, Hungary. Now, a part of her canonization process, there was more than 27 miracles, including healings and a case where someone was... Uh, well, they're saying awakening from death. I read that to mean they came back from the dead. So a powerful list of miracles attributed to her. And she was canonized in November of 1943 by Pope Pius XII. St. Margaret of Hungary, pray for us. The gospel comes to us from Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. The disciples of John and of the Pharisees were accustomed to fast. People came to Jesus and objected. Why do the disciples of John and the disciples of Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered them, Can the wedding guest fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast on that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old cloak, If he does, its fullness pulls away, the new from the old, and the tear gets worse. Likewise, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the skins are ruined. Rather, new wine is poured into fresh wineskins. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The bridegroom, new versus old, I mean, cloths and wineskins, what's going on here? I love the fact that our Lord is incorporating all these themes, and he's really bringing about the, he's bringing the Old Testament to play here. Again, it's just something that happens quite frequently throughout the the New Testament. Um, it's beautiful, in fact. We see in Isaiah 54, Jeremiah 3, Hosea 2, where the Lord, God himself, becomes the bridegroom of 
the bride, which is Israel. Yahweh was to be married to his people. When he brought the people out of Egypt, slavery, 430 years, he didn't sign a contract with them. Sometimes I hear contract being thrown around a lot in Catholic circles. There's a difference between a contract and a covenant. God entered into covenant in Exodus 24. Moses took the blood of the sacrifices from the 12 priests on the 12 pillars and, and sprinkled it on the people and on the altar because they were going to share the same blood with God himself. It's a powerful, powerful a moment that even Jesus quotes from in the upper room in Luke's gospel, and I think it's uh, chapter 22. But so God is, is to be the bridegroom. He enters into a covenant, an exchange of persons. I give to you myself and I take you to me. We are now family. We are bonded together. The two become one, right? Uh, you know, Genesis chapter 2. So we see that, and Jesus is drawing that out. He is, in fact, saying, I am the bridegroom now. Uh, it's God who is among you, and you must f- you must feast, not fast. Fasting is for mourning. Fasting is uh, is for a separation. It's for penance. But this is the time for feasting, because I, the bridegroom, God is among you. It's a powerful realization. Again, I think it should take our breath away, and it should remind you why you fast before Holy Mass. Right? We we at least one hour in the good old days. I think it was twelve hours that you would fast before Holy Mass. Uh, but so. So you would fast up until when? When do you break the fast at Mass? It's when you receive Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist, because that is the presence of the bridegroom there with you. And now it is time for feasting. We better take advantage because the day will come when we will not feast, but we will have to fast. Emily, Adrian? Yeah, it's funny to notice that the people went to Jesus and said, why do the disciples of John and the disciples of the Pharisees fast? Which means it was well known, which means they were probably talking about how, how much they were fasting. Um, and you kind of lose your merit when you brag about the fasting and penance you're doing. So it's important to offer up daily penances and fasting, you know, when it's the appropriate time for them. But also be sure not to complain about those because that kind of ruins the point. Don't complain <laughs> about your penances. Also, don't brag about them. That also ruins Have the point. Have you been talking to my wife again? Has she been telling <laughs> you stories? I don't understand why you're looking at me when you say that. It's, I was not. That's weird. weird. <laughs> and of course, the wineskins. We know that if you stretch them too thin, they're going to break. If you fast too much when it's not appropriate and it's not prudent, if you are over-scrupulous and overwork yourself, then you're going to break. And God understands. God created us. God created humanity. He knows our limits. And that's why he gave us this liturgical rhythm of fasting and feasting. Um, it's very human. God designed this to be very human. And so um, he knows us. And be sure to to incorporate both fasting and feasting into your week. Well, Amen. everybody just stole everything I was going to say. So, Praise you know, God. Uh, always. But the, yeah, <laughs> we got to let you go first sometimes. And the, uh, but uh, as Joe was saying, the uh, fasting before, so the rules were originally it was uh, from midnight the night before until you go to mass, which is why you wouldn't have late masses. The latest mass would be like 10 a.m. So mm. uh, it wasn't 12 hours. It was from the night before. And then after that, it was changed to three hours before. And now it's only one hour before. Um, so, yeah. So, but if you do break the fast, you should not receive communion. Um, but it's pretty easy to not break the fast nowadays. Uh, but so the, um, and the other thing I was going to say was about the liturgical seasons. Yeah. So right now we're in Epiphany Tide, uh, which is still a time of feasting. So a time of feasting is still among us and we are, um, 
celebrating still the epiphany of our Lord. The Christmas tide is over, uh, and we're heading towards Septuagesima or Lent, uh, in which time when we get to there, we are in a time of mourning and of preparing for the crucifixion, for the passion. Um, and at that time, that's when we will be fasting, just like our Lord had told his, his disciples, yes, right now the bridegroom is with you. And so just like in Christmas tide and Easter tide and Epiphany tide, the bridegroom is with you. You do not fast, you feast. But whenever the bridegroom leaves, so when, not if, when it happens, that's whenever you will fast. Um, so our Lord was expecting us to fast. We're not meant to feast perpetually. We're meant to fast and feast. Uh, and right now we're in a season of feasting and we're about to enter a fe- time of uh, fasting. Speaking of feasting, guess what's coming up next? It's the Fear and Trembling Game Show uh, with prizes and we're super excited about it. So it's a new opportunity to get into the uh, the drawing. So we're still going to do this. Even though Mass starts at 7.30, we're still going to do the game show uh, in the next segment. So if you want to be our contestant this week or right now today, get your first three opportunities into the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence. Now is the time to call 877-757-9424-877-757-9424 is the phone number to call i got three questions three opportunities to get the prizes this week we'll tell you all about who the sponsor is what the prize pack is all of that on the other side of this break so stick around more catholic drive time still to come but we're looking for callers it could be you your chance is coming up next at 877-757-9424 first caller gets to be the contestant. We hope that's you because it's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to learn something. You'll have a little chuckle in the process and you may just win some cool prizes. It'll be a great time. 877-757-9424. Don't go anywhere. More Catholic Drive Time is coming up next plus the Holy Mass and the After Show still to come. Blessed John Paul II once said, As the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live. How easy it is to point fingers and place blame for the mess in which our society has found itself. But stop just for a minute and ask, what have I done to make it better? Is my family doing anything to improve the world? Possibly the most effective thing a family can do for society is pray together regularly. Pray for our president every single day. Pray for all our government leaders, our bishops and priests, our teachers, our military, our business owners. Create a list of family petitions. If the teenager puts an anonymous prayer request on the list, let it be anonymous. Prayer is our greatest weapon to change the nation and the world. Remember what Father Patrick Payton said, the family that prays together stays together. This has been a minute for your marriage and family with Balanced Families Ministries. So many of us carry such heavy burdens. She's having a relationship with George. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Deep within, we struggle because sin separates us from God. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience a fresh start. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Having trouble with your car radio? No worries. The Guadalupe Radio Network has just released our new version of our app. With the app, you can get a crystal clear connection of your local station no matter where you are. You can also listen to podcasts of past shows and find more ways to connect with us. Getting the new app is easy. 
Just search the App Store on your phone for the Guadalupe Radio Network and either download it or if you already have it, choose the update option. Happy listening. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ and all things. Welcome back to Fear and Trembling. Phone lines are open. No call is on. Could be you as the contestant. And here's the kicker. You don't even need to know the answers to possibly win some very cool prizes. So if you want to be our contestant, now is the time to call. you got a wide-open opportunity here at 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. So here's how the game is played. If you're brand new and hanging out with us, like Adrienne there in Boston, Texas, or Boston, Texas, Boston, Massachusetts. Good grief. I should have got that right the first time. Uh, but the, uh, good morning to you, and thanks for being a part of our program, by the way. Uh, here's the number, 877 877- Seven seven five seven nine four two four is the number. I have three questions in my hand, and uh, these are trivia questions. And the caller does not even need to know who is uh, what, what the right answers are because I don't ask the caller these questions. I ask Emily, I ask Adrian, and one of them has a right answer, and the other has a wrong answer, and they have conspired together to uh, to get the wrong. Uh, or right answer. And so the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to decide who do they want to go with? Who do they trust? Is it Emily? Is it Adrian? But let me just tell you, me warn you up ahead of time. They're sneaky. Okay. They try to, to, to trip you up. So you can't just always trust Emily. And, uh, sometimes you have to trust Adrian too. Right. Unfortunately. Unf- unf- unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, but prizes are involved, and that's a fun time. Uh, Emily, who's uh, who's sponsoring our game show this week? So this week, our pri- prize sponsor is called His Glory Company. Now, they make Catholic apparel, mostly T-shirts. Um, you can find them uh, at hisglory.storenvy.com. Or on Instagram, they have a big following on Instagram at His Glory Co. And this week, they're going to be giving away a Sacred Heart T-shirt. Oh, cool! Mm-hmm. So you can evangelize without saying a word. I love it. I love the Sacred Heart T-shirt. I have a couple myself, as a matter of fact. So that's going to be fun. We'll draw the winner out on Friday. So you have to stick around on Friday. We'll have to draw that winner out probably before we, or maybe we'll have to do it in the after show. We'll see how that goes. Don't forget, the Holy Mass starts at seven thirty today, Central, eight thirty Eastern. But the uh, the G, the CDT team will stay on the virtual, the live uh, stream for the rest of the after show. But let's go to the phones. Uh, good morning to you, Matthew, calling in. Uh, thanks for being a part of our program. You're welcome. Where are you calling from, Matthew? I am calling from Fort Worth. Fort Worth, Texas. Praise be to God. I was just out there for the for the March for Life over there. Matthew, uh, where do you go to church? I go to church at Our Lady of San Juan in West Dallas. I'm I'm working in Fort Worth, but I actually live in Dallas. <laughs> Very good. Praise be to God. Uh, now, have you have you do you understand the rules of the game, Matthew? Yes, I listen to it every morning. Well, how wonderful. Hey. Thanks for doing that. We are grateful to you. Are, are, so you're ready to go? I mean, are, you have three opportunities to get into the coffee cup divine providence. Are you ready, Matthew? I'm ready. Emily, we'll start with you as, as is our custom. Are you ready? Let's go. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Let's do it. Here we go. Emily, where were the Beatitudes given by Christ? 
Where, like the location? The, the location. Where okay. were the Beatitudes given by Christ? Well, I know Jesus used to speak from the boat so that lots of people could hear him. So I'm okay. going to go with a boat on the Dead Sea. You're going for a boat on the Dead Sea? Yes. All right. So could be reasonable. Who knows? We're going to find out. Adrian, let's ask you. Adrian, where were the Beatitudes given by Christ? The Beatitudes. Oh, so this is actually really cool. I actually got to go to the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount was uh, spoken at. So the Beatitudes were given the Sermon on the Mount. And I went there um, when I went to Israel. So it was pretty That's cool. That's not fair. He's got an advantage. <laughs> I, I, or is he fooling us? I don't know. Oh, it could oh, be reasonable. Could Adrian's be. on the hook for Sermon on the Mount. Emily is on the hook for a boat on the Dead Sea. Who's right? Who's wrong? 15 seconds on the clock. Matthew, what say you? I'm going with Adrian. Pretty confident, Matthew. You didn't even take a I second I love when two. people start going with me. <laughs> Survey says... <laughs> there we go. Congratulations. That was an easy one, we have to admit. Uh, All right, Matthew, you, you're you in. You knew that one ahead of time, didn't you, Matthew? You, you knew that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you made it into the coffee cup of divine providence. Congratulations, Matthew. You might win the uh, Sacred Heart T-shirt by... What was the sponsor's name again, Emily? His Glory Company. His Glory Company. Praise mm-hmm. God. All right. Question number two, Adrian. We go back to you this time. This one, I don't know. They're going to get a little trickier from here. Here we go, Adrian. Which is the cardinal virtue that enables one to judge rightly about an act of virtue and make a correct choice? Wow, that was a long question. I know. it. you want me to read it again? <laughs> uh, yeah, one more time. One which, more time. Which is the cardinal virtue? So which of the cardinal virtues is the one that enables us to make a, uh, a right judgment, especially about virtue and correct choice? Okay, I'm going to go with temperance. See, temperance, temperance is, uh, you know, it helps you try to... Um, Moderate, so I think that that helps you with decisions, right? I don't know. Moderate your passions, maybe. Like, should I buy this brand new truck? What will the wife say? I don't know. I can see it. I can totally see it. <laughs> Emily, Emily, here we go. Uh, Emily, which of the cardinal virtues is the one that enables us to judge rightly, especially about an act of virtue, and make a correct choice? I know this one. I know this one. And, yeah. Matthew, in case you need a little help to influence your decision, I just want to let you know that Adrian is wearing a plaid shirt with a striped sweater right now, wow. so you can't really be just a judge. She just outed you. You can see on our live stream, but I, w- I wouldn't trust him. So I would go with prudence on this one. It's not temperance. This is prudence. Emily's on the board for prudence. Emily's on the board. Right, no, let's start over it. Emily is on the board for prudence. Adrian is on the board for temperance. He got me all thrown off. Uh, temperance, Adrian, prudence, Emily. Who's right? Who's wrong? Matthew, what say you? I'm, I'm going with Emily. <laughs> Wise Survey choice. Survey says, congratulations. See, it was I told of the you. Plaid. I told it was you. The plaid. And they're different colors, yes. too. Uh, Matt, Matthew is very, very wise, very astute. He's seeing through all of your... Uh, My all stripes your, and plaid. Your craftiness. I think he sees through it all. Your uh, conniving against him. All right, so last question. Good opportunity to get the third third chance in the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win the the, the Sacred Heart t-shirt there, Matthew. So this one, I don't Okay, this one, you, you can't Google this. Okay, so no Googling. Let's see if you get it right. Here we go. Emily, back to you. Emily, how many crusades were there? Mm. <laughs> no Googling. Uh, why do you keep saying that? I only did that one time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I think so. I remember hearing of at least four, so I'm going to go with four. Four. On the mm-hmm. hook for four. Adrian, how many crusades were there? Ooh, that's a difficult one uh, because there, you know, there are the actual crusades and there are the crusades mm. Mm. that were like uh, unsolicited crusades. Sure, but I'm going to go with the official crusades. The so official one. I, the official ones. There were there were eight official crusades. Not all of them were great, but you know, the crusades <laughs> as a whole was a good thing. All right, so you're on the hook for eight. Your answer is eight. My answer is eight. Emily, your answer is four. Yes. Okay, Adrian is for eight. Emily for four. Who's right? Who's wrong? Fifteen seconds on the clock, Matthew. What say you? I'm going with Adrian. Wow, very confident this morning. Uh, sorry. Smart <laughs> man. Wow, man. Oh not throw goodness. you for nothing. Amazing. Wow. Well, congratulations, Matthew. Three chances in the, in the coffee cup of divine providence. So how do you feel? Uh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, we're very grateful to you, Matthew, for being a part of our program today. I want to put you on hold so that we can get your contact information because we're going to draw a name out on Friday. And if it's God's will, it'll be your name, and we'll be very glad to send that prize pack to you. So thank you so much for your time today. You are welcome. All right. Praise be to God. That's going to do it for Fear and Trembling today. We have a couple of minutes before we say goodbye, finally. So let me just recap what's going to happen. Today starts a brand new uh, Holy Mass. It will be broadcast. It starts at 7.30. So here in just a couple of minutes, we will sign off and the Holy Mass will begin. It's a mass broadcast out of the Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel out of Corpus Christi, Texas. It's a beautiful chapel. The Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, that is their chapel, uh, Father Sam Medley is a good old friend of mine. I've known him for more than a decade now, and uh, he's down there as the rector, and so he helped to coordinate this Mass, and so we're very excited about that. So, wonderful opportunity to uh, to partake in a live broadcast Mass starting in just another minute or so. But if you want to hang out with us for the after show, so we won't be on the radio, we will be on the live video stream over at facebook.com forward slash Online or Catholic Drive Time. We're also live on YouTube. Search for us for at GRN Online. We're also live on Twitter right now. So plenty of ways to stay with us uh, over the next half hour or so for the after show of the Catholic Drive Time. We would love to hang out with you there. We'll recap some of the stories and the conversations we've had on the program today. So that's the plan. It all starts today, and it carries on from here on out. God love you, and God bless you. Thanks for being a part of Catholic Drive Time. We have a full lineup of incredible guests this all week long. 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Until then, God bless you. We're praying for you. Please pray for us. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time. I think that's what we're going to call it anyway. Um, we're not sure what we're going to call it, but we are just on social stream right now because uh, the Holy Mass is beginning in Corpus Christi, Texas here in just a moment. And so we needed to make a transition away from the radio and uh, and to pr- allow our team on the back end to to prepare to broadcast the Holy Mass. And so we're very excited about that. Praise God. But we're going to stay on uh, the social stream to sort of recap the show 
talk about a few of the things that were a part of the show and but you know calling it the 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 after show that that actually comes from when I was hosting GRN Alive. Um, I started this process. I would do the show one hour a week, and then uh, I wanted more time to conversate with our guests. So I stayed on the social stream after going off the radio, and we always had a good time doing it. So we, I called it the after show. But should we call this the after show? I guess that's the first order of business, Emily. What do you think? The after show, or do we keep the drive time theme and go with something like Park and Ride? Well, this isn't GRN Alive, so let's. I think we should mix it up a little. Mix it up a little. New name for a new show. I like new the name. park and ride. Right, so you're on the. I wonder if anybody's hanging out with us right now on social. Uh, comment. Uh, what do you think? What do we call this part of the social side only show? Uh, uh, I, after show? Do we call it the park and ride? Uh, what other kind of drive themes might we uh, pit stop? We could call it the pit stop. That's another option. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that'd be good. I'm trying to think of all the let's the think of all the driving puns. Related, yeah, <laughs> pun related. Adrian, you got any clever ones over there? I have no idea what we're talking about, but okay. I was talking. I just got off the phone with Matthew from yeah. uh, the from the game show, and he just told me he said, "You know, I love listening to Catholic Drive Time because this is the only place where I can get the real news. Otherwise, everyone else is just <laughs> wow. saying like just random things at yeah. communist news networks." And uh, so he, I was like, oh, "Okay, well, praise God, praise, praise God for that." Yeah, oh, and awesome. he bought five tickets uh, for the raffle uh, over at in Dallas. Matthew, you're really? great. That, I, you know, I, I meant to mention the car raffle. I failed at that miserably today. I apologize. So if you're a part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, you could win a Mercedes, by the way. We're, we're selling car raffle tickets to support our, our media postulate. You can find the details at grnonline.com. Tuning in and buying them from your local GM helps them in a tremendous way. So please consider that as well, contacting your local GRN-related station. And uh, Mercedes will be given out in March. It's kind of a cool deal. You should check it out. But yeah, I want to say um, one of the things that surprised me, when we started the Catholic Drive Time show, when we were planning and preparing, uh, we knew we wanted to do a game show in the second hour to make it a little lighter but uh, we, so we have a hidden agenda. And since we're not on the radio now, I can reveal to you. I can, and hopefully I'll have a whistleblower who'll record this and put it out through Project Veritas, uh, like they did with Jack Dorsey from Twitter the other day. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, he was uh, talking. I'm going down a super rabbit hole here, but this is the after show. I'm allowed. Okay. I can do that. <laughs> Don't you have a note that I put there that says no rabbit hole? No, there's, I see no note about rabbit holes in front of me at the moment. So you took it down. You took it down. Uh, it was censored and taken down. <laughs> you, your note was deplatformed. <laughs> just, like, deplatformed. just like Jack Dorsey said uh, in that video <laughs> from Project Veritas that the censorship will continue. Uh, and, you know, he, he spoke out of both sides of his mouth. Anyway, okay, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, no, I know what I was going to say. I, I didn't know where this this uh, this game show was going to go or how it was going to go. And we, we really, we, we talked about it a lot before we went live with Catholic Drive Time. We, we planned it. We, we discussed the psychology of it. But here's the hidden agenda. That since I'm not on the radio, I can say this now. We really want to teach something. Not that we are teachers, but that we want to tap into some golden uh, resources in, of the Catholic faith, like uh, great Bible commentaries, for instance. I use the Haydock Bible commentary. I also use the Ignatius Catholic Study of Bible. Uh, that's Scott Hahn and, and uh, 
I think his name is Curtis Mitch. Uh, they put that commentary. So I love that. But the Haydock is also very good. Uh, Adrian, you're using Cornelius Alapide. And Thomas Aquinas. And, those two. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Thomas any good? I don't know. Yeah, don't he, know. he had St. Uh, Peter and Paul appear to him in his cell to open up the scriptures <laughs> no to him. No big deal. Like, who but, hasn't you know, had that? You know, casual, I mean, you know, whatever. You know, no. <laughs> not nothing important. Now, I call that a Tuesday. I'm just saying. <laughs> just, just oh, just so everybody knows, I am monitoring the YouTube and Facebook. Facebook streams for the comments, and so if you comment on the Facebook and YouTube, uh, I will we'll, we'll try to read your comment. You will try to read it. Well, okay. we'll see. We'll see what it's happens. <laughs> I will attempt. Sounded very. My uh, English is not. You so know good. how to read, right, Adrian? My, I, you know, English is my only language, and uh, I'm still learning it. So learning. you know. All right. Well, praise God. So, and in the game show, we thought, wouldn't it be fun to to teach something about the faith uh, in a way where. You know, you probably didn't know some things. You probably didn't know these things were happening. Like, you didn't know that this was part of the church, or you didn't know these answers, because you might not be asked these questions all the time. And so we bought a, uh, a like a, a tr- Catholic trivia set of questions here, and uh, I always try to pick questions where I think you might learn something and use them as teachable moments, right? Like, today they were kind of easy, right? So where was Christ the Beatitudes? I, I mean, like, doesn't everybody know that's the Mount... Uh, you know, I wouldn't say mouth. everybody. Not I mean, everyone. Besides Emily, uh, Emily is the only person who didn't know that. Apparently, yeah. come on, the Dead Sea. That was a valid option. <laughs> it valid. definitely was a valid option. Valid. It's logically possible. Logically, who knows what possible? Okay. Uh, interesting. Okay, so that's part of our agenda. The secret hidden agenda of Catholic Drive Time is to have teachable moments. Let's talk about. Um, where? Why do we choose the news outlets we choose to cover some of the stories? Emily, what 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 are the outlets you draw from for your headlines? Sure. So every morning when I come in and I'm writing the headlines right before the show, I go to Catholic News Agency. First off, I go to my Catholic sources, LifeSite News, National Catholic Register, not Nath- National Catholic Reporter, uh, the Register. Um, also, bigpulpit.com I check. And then once I'm through with all of my – because we're primarily a Catholic news show, so I check my Catholic sources. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I follow a lot of journalists such as like Bree Dale. I follow her on Twitter. And so sometimes I get leads on Twitter for news stories. Um, and so once I've gone through all of those, picking out the most significant headlines, um, then I'll go to what we call alternative or independent news sources. So that includes Breitbart, The Blaze, The Epic Times, Epoch Times – Newsmax TV, um, OANN News, one, I think it's One America. But yeah, so really the media has become uh, so biased to the point where even like we saw that story with CNN where they accidentally reported that the, the congressman grabbed a crowbar instead of a granola bar. Like this is getting ridiculous, the right. inaccuracies. Yeah, ridiculous. So we need to go uh, – and you can't just trust one no- news source, not even the independent ones, which is why we gather our, our headlines from a variety of sources. I think I just named like at least 10. Yeah, I keep a list of them too. Um, you know, I wasn't a big Epoch Times reader up until – we started the show, really. I was just looking for sources outside of the usual, you know, the, the major media outlets. I kind of avoid them now. Sometimes I'll look at them just to see what they're saying, but I, I try to draw from a bunch of other stories. But, and I find that, you know, especially like the Epic Times, yeah, you might not like sometimes their conservative voice, but they're still reporting on stories that, that are not getting reported elsewhere. 
And it's like, why aren't we getting this information? That's crazy. Uh, we should be getting this information. The picking and the the picking the winners and the losers in the media outlets. Um, I, it, I'm just getting fed up with that. And a lot of people aren't getting this information. And, and so that's part of the agenda, too, is to provide some information that we think you might not be finding elsewhere, like that, like Matthew said to you on the call, right? Absolutely. Praise God for that, because, yeah, we are in the time where things are difficult to piece through uh, what's true, what's not. And, uh, and we really need someone that we can, we can trust. And so I think looking at a variety of sources, cause I'm also looking at secular sources. I mean, I look at CNN and Times, things like that. And the reason why I look at it is just to see what is it being said on the other side? Mm. Because usually, not always, but usually the truth is in the via media in the middle way. Uh, it's not always true, but you know, sometimes that's where it is. So it's good to see what are they saying? What, and then it's also good to know what are they saying, uh, that's not true. So we know, uh, well, this is something that, no one else is going to hear otherwise because they're getting the exact opposite on the uh, secular news sources. Yeah. I like how you threw in the, the via media there, like in mm-hmm. the, the middle way. It's like, it's like when you get salsa verde. What is that? You it's know, green sauce. That was like absolutely, you know, like, like that, even, that was the strangest. Like, what is that uh, between? That, that was the, like, why did you have to say via media? It's like, it's, just call it green sauce. The, salsa the verde via media. It's green sauce. It's a philosophical like, I'll take term. The soup, uh, the soup du jour. Ooh, that sounds good. What is that? It's the soup of the day. You know, you know like, <laughs> just say soup of the day. You know, like, <laughs> we're going to have, we're going to have a fight on our hands right here in a second. Uh, that's like saying like, why do you use per se? Why, why? Use uh, just say well, as such. It just depends per se as to what we're talking about. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, okay. Here we go. Okay, <laughs> I mean, we should do a whole show. We should invite okay. uh, invite Dave on the show, no, and we should no, talk about no, uh, you, the importance of philosophy. No, I disagree. I disagree. You know who sh- we should invite to have this conversation? Patrick Coffin. Patrick. Coffin. Oh, Patrick Coffin yes. never met a thesaurus he did not like. Okay. <laughs> So he would be yes. the perfect guy. To you know, talk my about favorite thing from Patrick Coffin that I that I like to that I adopted from him was his thing, uh, "Nomen est omen," which is uh, the name is uh, is the thing or the name is your destiny. Uh, so the kind of he kind of had this idea that like, he looks at the etymology of people's names mm-hmm. and talks about how that relates to their life and things like that, like how someone um, that's named like Blackman well, might be a blacksmith and things like that. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. <laughs> well, maybe we get a guess for that, or Someday. Smith, or Smith, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, praise God. So that's the kind of news sources that we that we pulled together. Let's talk about guests. <clears throat> so part of the agenda, too, for guests on the program is to pull guests that you haven't heard before. People who haven't had the chance as often to be on Catholic media outlets in America. Um, for instance, this week we're going to be talking to Julio, uh, Mr. Julio from uh, Italy in the TFP. This will be his second time on our program. Um, great opportunity to have a conversation with someone who's really got the pulse of what's going on, not just from, not just from the Catholic perspective, but also from a societal perspective in mm-hmm. Europe itself. Uh, that's why I like to bring on Brie Dale. I think she is sharp as a tack, and we're going to have some good news about about uh, Brie and her work with the Guadalupe Radio Network in the coming days, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, but uh, I, we look for these interesting guests that can provide us a perspective that we're just not getting in other places. And I would love to say that's easy, but that's kind of – it's tough, right? It's tough digging up these guests and getting them on the hook because we also like them to get up early in many cases. Right. Unless they're in Italy, then they're up – then it's middle of the day for them. But, Especially uh, when we're talking to people on in like California and they're having to get up at like ungodly hours of the four night. Four or five, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> and some, but some of them have already. 
We've had some great guests. We had the guy on from Catholic Answers. He he got on early. Who else Absolutely. got up early? It was another wasn't there Father another? Donald Kellaway? That's yeah, right. Super Father early. Kellaway got up super early. And oh, he he had the boss beard going. Oh, oh yeah. I think he got rid of it. I think I saw a photo recently. Yeah, it, oh, well. I, it's it's shameful that he cut it off. But uh, nonetheless, I wish I could grow a beard like that. Me boy. too. We- I'm thinking about going clean shaven. I, I'm giving up on this <laughs> this disaster on my face. It's not working. Yeah, it's definitely not working. But anyway, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. We might cut your cut Adrian's hair live on the radio. Maybe we'll do it. That in would the after be fun. Show. I think. Yeah. Maybe if someone calls in and gives a donation, maybe we'll yeah. do that. <laughs> ah, so we'll, we'll we'll shave your head or we'll give do you a fundraiser. A, a, we'll do a, a tonsure. Is that how they say it? Yes. Yeah. That'd so if you would like us to tonsure Adrian, please comment. Yeah. Praise God for that. <laughs> <laughs> and you please. Know, and I'll do it for free. You don't have to donate for that. I will be happy to tonsure Adrian live on the radio. I will do it for one like. Now I have never done <laughs> a half a like. I'll take a half a like. Uh, I've never done a tonsure before, so it'll be a little bit of hit or miss. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, what else? Uh, I want to talk about the mechanics of the show, kind of why we do what we do and, and whatnot. Now, Emily, uh, you're kind of brand new to radio. How, how are you feeling about this so far? Oh, this has been a blast. I love it. Um, I've always been kind of really tuned into the news. I was always that one friend who would, that tell, one friend. Who would tell everyone else what was going, did you hear this? Did you hear that? And so this is just kind of who I am. And to be working in something that I really enjoy and it's really important to me has been really fruitful. Plug your YouTube channel. Uh, I did. Yeah, so after I, so if you don't know, Adrian and I, our producer, both discerned as Dominicans. And so after I left the convent, discerned out of the convent, um, I kind, we both started like a YouTube channel where I could talk about what I had learned there from more of a spiritual side. So mm. if you look up Emily Alcaraz on YouTube, you can pull up. And I think our, our video unveiling has almost hit 9,000 views. Yeah, which is so crazy. That's huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, you have a pretty good following on Twitter as well. That's right. So um, I'm also pretty active on Twitter. So follow me, Emily I. Alcaraz. And I've I'm actually been off because of Exodus 90, but usually... How are you managing? How can you <laughs> abstain from media, but it's part of your job? How is that working? There's good days and bad days. Uh, okay. I have to go on there to post uh, all of our stuff on social but media. But then she so. goes down a rabbit hole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, sometimes Adrian will like tag me in something. <laughs> now, do you let your group know that you're doing this? Like, like it's part of your, your gig and you have to be on media? Yes, I did confess okay. that that sin to my group, yes. <laughs> you confess the sin <laughs> like, of like working the, like for Catholic Radio. Like a chapter faults, yeah. <laughs> wow, praise God. Now, Adrian, um, to your detriment, probably, you were my uh, intern for GRN Alive for a long time yeah for about two years i bet something like that yeah so uh it was fun uh, watching you sleep in the corner over there oh my goodness because um, you'd have like you'd be staying up all night writing papers at the last minute like and then who, for some reason i'd still come in and help that? out who does that uh you you write your papers ahead of time not the last minute i, I wrote <laughs> this is not a, a don't do not take my example in terms of doing homework and schoolwork but i wrote a 10 page paper the morning it was due. I woke so up. I've been there. At like four a.m. and wrote the entire. It was due at noon. Yeah. I wrote the entire paper. It was terrible. It was miserable. I-, I did that too, but it was on the history of the Jesuits, and I went to a Jesuit school where I had that like pounded into me, so just came out naturally. <laughs> oh wow! What was your uh, source material, Father Malachi Martin? No, no, no. no. no you didn't reference that. This- no. <sighs> 
Yeah, that, would, that would go over really well. The first half of the Jesuits was a, was a nail-biter, let's just say. Uh, that's fun. But it's good to have you as the producer on this program. Now, we're, we, we've had a lot of challenges technically, but we've been sort of addressing them. And right. I, think we've been, I think we've been improving quite a bit over the last, uh, I guess it's been a month now. Right. Uh, yes, yeah. about but it's been oh, I guess it's been over, over a, month a month at this point, yes. Yeah. So we we've had a lot of issues um and comment down below what do y'all think uh, about how we've grown and evolved over the last month or so, but yeah, we've had uh, issues with with well, the current issue where we're struggling with and you can see this right now is Joe and Emily's uh cameras glitch constantly. Uh, you see, like these glitching effects that are going on. I thought that was for the aesthetic. I, I know. It was on I'm convinced that he does this on purpose. I just to want match me to look the best. Intro. That's what it is, actually. So Adrian <laughs> produced this wonderful intro to our show. We play it the li- on the live video stream at the beginning of each hour, and it has this glitching effect. And I am convinced that Adrian has made our cameras glitch to match that, keep that motif all the way through. Right. Through exactly. the, uh, the show. <laughs> so because I ask him, Adrian, can we fix that? Oh. Yeah, boss. I'll get right on that. <laughs> That's exactly how I sound. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then it never gets fixed. Yeah, we we, we've tried every. Hey, if you if someone on and one of the audience members knows how to fix this glitching problem, <laughs> let me know because <laughs> I I've tried everything. I've tried uh, putting more power to it, can less uh, less cords, shorter cords, adding repeaters, uh, updating the software, upgrading the computer. I've tried everything that I could possibly think of. If you know how to fix uh, this glitching problem, someone let me. No, send me an email. Yes. Yeah, it's frustrating. We'd like to fix that. But, uh, you know, part of my philosophy in life is, 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 because I served in the Marine Corps, is do more with less. And uh, And no one does more with less than us. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, why use proper tools when duct tape is available? You know, uh, so I was was hanging out with... uh, a uh, listener over the weekend at the, around the campfire who served in the Air Force, and I was rem- remembering a time when I was in the Marine Corps, and I uh, I served in the air wing in the Marine Corps. I fixed I was a sheet metal mechanic, and I, I fixed CH fifty threes and forty sixes, and sometimes F eighteens. And, and there was a day when, uh, and I was in Hawaii by the way, and there was a day when when our Air Force equivalents came by the shop uh, because they needed something that we had. And that's bizarro world because the Air Force has everything, uh, probably ten examples of everything all the time. And as Marines, all we had was duct tape. So uh, they came by and we were talking shop, and they were like discussing, "Oh yeah, when we're fixing uh, this part, we we have the, the 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 book out, and just like priests, we you know read the black and do the red. You know, we we're they fo- said just like priests. Well, no, I'm adding that. Oh, I'm okay. Okay. Uh, we follow every line and we follow it exactly every time we're fixing something so i'm like really wow hey serge we do we have books yeah they're on the shelf just dust them off and pull them out i mean that's like that's the way we did things we just fixed it and put it back in the air i mean yeah it was you know leaking all the time with the hydraulic fluid oh, that's that's safe. dangerous but besides that we just figured it out so i've had that philosophy my whole life so i don't think anybody has done more with logic tech webcams than me uh, probably not. I mean, we live streamed a, a basketball game using nothing but Logitech webcams in your iPad. <laughs> so, I mean, I, you're probably right. No one has, they should use us as advertisements. Uh, but real quick, Aurora on Facebook commented, what's today's topic? Uh, so Aurora, we are online today. Uh, so starting today, we have the, the mass being played at 730. And so from 730 until eight o'clock, we're doing what we're calling, uh, for temporarily the after show. Maybe we'll 
will have a different name later on. Um, but we are right now. We're just chatting about things going on in the just background information. What's what's the uh, what's going on in the back? Um, on the back end of the Catholic Drive Time show. And so hopefully yeah. in the future, we want to book uh, some guests, special guests to talk, to join us during the after show and things like that. Uh, but at the but for right now, we're just chatting, you know, having, getting to know our audience and letting y'all get to know us. So. Yeah, in fact, we had Deacon Harold Brooks Servers on the show today. He's an old friend of mine. And we talked about keeping our peace in the midst of chaos and having the courage uh, to uh, to speak the truth in love and in charity, but to speak it nonetheless. Uh, great conversation. I really felt like that needed to happen, and I was happy he was available. Talk about a guy who had to get up early. Portland, Oregon, so he was up at 4 o'clock this morning. And uh, we had a great conversation. That was in our first hour. So the show from now on is always going to technically end at 7.30 a.m. Central because the Holy Mass will be on the air at that point. Uh, so the show will go from 6 a.m. to 7.30 Central time, be an hour and a half. And we'll just do this after show. It'll be, li- it'll be easier. It'll be lighter. It'll be more uh, conversational. It'll be more casual. There won't be any form or structure now. Uh, we, it's, seven, it's 10 till the top of the hour now. Um, I think this is going to be the point where we're going to sign off completely, even for the after show. So the after show will run about 20 minutes long. The reason why is because we will, we're going to be bringing a new show, uh, in the 8 a.m. Central hour on Mondays. And I won't tell you the details yet. Uh, it's coming very, very soon. But uh, we'll need Adrian to help produce that show, so he'll need to have a, a few minutes to transition between us and them. So, in general, the after show, if that's what we call it, but <clears throat> we were arguing over park and ride or pit stop, or we're looking for a, th- a name that matches the drive time theme. Hmm. Sunday drive? No, 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 no. Uh, out for a cruise? I, I don't know. We got to come up with something. Uh, just a match. Well, but um, if you are looking for more content, you can go to the Catholic Drive Time YouTube channel, and there I post all of our interviews that we do, all the individual interviews. So if you just want to go and check out the interviews, they're there on our Catholic Drive Time YouTube channel and on Rumble. It's, I'm moving the backlog yeah. over to Rumble, and um, and then I'm going to try to also start posting uh, Joe's uh, Saint of the Day and Gospel of the Day and our commentary on that. So you know, um, let's go back to social media. It's like we're having to manage. So so many platforms now. You're telling me. <laughs> you know, before all of the censorship took off, I knew there were other platforms. I just didn't want to be on them because it was just like it's too consuming. You're just managing too much and you spread so thin and it just adds so much. And so it's an, it's there's a, a mm, there's a level of annoyance with the censorship on a practical scale, not just on a philosophical or, or a uh, you know uh, a principled scale. There's now we have to go. We were and Adrian and I were asking around. What other video platform sites should we consider? Bitchute or Rumble or all these? <clears throat> and we asked around, and the one that kept coming up is Rumble. But I got to say, I don't necessarily love no. the interface of Rumble or Bitchute for that matter. Yeah, Rumble's a little bit better than Bitchute in my opinion. I mean, it's just my opinion because they're both uh, very new. Uh, but I personally, it's not a great format yet. You know, you check out YouTube when it first was created. You check out Twitter when it was first created. Even Facebook, they were very clunky uh, interfaces. So I'm hoping that they're going to evolve over time and get better. But right now, it's not a lot of fun to be on. But mm-hmm. I think it's really going to be necessary considering the situation we're in. 
So we're posting to Rumble. We're posting. I'm also posting over on Gab. I'm going to start to post on Gab now. So you can find me personally over on Gab. Just look for Catholic Hack, H-A-C-K, Catholic Hack, all one word. And I'm also on SP3RN, which is a Catholic social site. Oh, I'm super excited about this. So I'm posting there. And I'm also posting on Gloria.tv as well. The, the idea being just trying to diversify keep our content alive in other places because we are seeing serious censorship on Facebook, Twitter, and on YouTube. Now, you know the site that has surprised me has been very quiet and very under under, uh, under the rug, so to speak. Like, nobody's talking about this. Like, I, there's all been almost no conversation about this particular site and in regards to censorship. I'll give you, I'll give you one guess. What, what site do you think I'm referring to? Uh, it's a it's a it's no a quote idea. major social site. It's a standard one. MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you still? Uh, do you still listen to? Uh, um, not who is that? The- Avril Lavigne. Yeah, exactly. I'm uh, like what? who are you? MySpace. Let I me mean, be honest. I don't even remember MySpace. I was never on okay, it. Okay, it's yeah. not MySpace. <laughs> Emily, do you have a guess? It's not MySpace. Um, it's a major site, sort of. It's obviously not site. Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. It's not Instagram either. It's another site, but almost no one's talked about it. It's been very quiet, very under the rug, and uh, I don't know if there's any censorship going on there. I have no idea. It's not like Gab or MeWe, is it? Neither one of those are, are major ones. Yeah, I guess they are now, really. but they weren't. They weren't a month ago. TikTok. It is. Is that a thing? TikTok. <clears throat> what do TikTok's you mean? owned by communist China. Why would we be on that? <laughs> well, it's, I don't know right why now, anyone would be right on Right now, TikTok. it's not censored, so uh, <laughs> not yet. Um, Who would be okay. on TikTok? Yeah, it sounds like a great plan, TikTok. Go for I that. I don't know. I have uh, no, no idea what you're talking about. LinkedIn. LinkedIn? LinkedIn. Wait, that's not that's a social, not a social site. <laughs> what are you saying? It's a, it's a social site. <laughs> that was a trick question. This no, guy, it, it, said that, it said that LinkedIn <laughs> is a social site. <laughs> um, you're, not, you're on LinkedIn, right? I have a LinkedIn account, of course but I've never been on it, not one time. They have a feed. You can post links and videos there. I do it all the time. Um, <laughs> there, we, we sometimes get some traction on them. I know it's like a no way. It's like a job connect networking tool, but I, the people post there all the time, and I haven't heard of any censorship going on in that platform. So. Lucia on uh, Facebook guest Snapchat, and I know I thought about that, but I was like, That's "There's no way guess. Joe even knows what Snapchat, Snapchat. is." Is this <laughs> so. what the kids are doing these days? Snapchat. Yeah, yep. Snapchat yep. is a, it's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> it's not. It's incredible. I would highly recommend everyone stay away from Snapchat. Why? Is <laughs> it that bad? It's pretty bad. It's uh, it's honestly used uh, basically. Uh, what was whenever it was first created, mm-hmm. a lot of the controversy surrounding it was child pornography because oh. basically people would solicit um, naked pictures that's from horrible. from people. There's a lot of grooming that was being yeah happening being on done Snapchat, on it. So and that's. T- that's still happening? Well, I mean, there's not really a way to... Uh, there, so the problem with it is it's basically you send a picture that deletes in 10 seconds or less, depending on That's how you make insane. it. And so that... There's no way to, like, track it. Right. So And it's supposed to delete permanently. And the way people get around it is they'll take a picture of it using a different device. Like, you'll get their other, another phone or an iPad or a camera and take a picture of your phone. Um, and so there's a lot of... Yeah, so Snapchat's not a great place. Obviously, not the vast majority of people who are using Snapchat are not using it for that reason. Right. Uh, but it's definitely a near occasion and, of sin. And I've heard priests say, you know, based on what they hear in the confessional, that parents should not allow their kids to use Absolutely. Snapchat. Absolutely. You know what else is a, a major grooming tool, now that we're talking about grooming tools? Uh-oh. Is uh, n- online networked video gaming. Yes, that's true. It, in fact, the, mm-hmm. the the guy 
Uh, so there was a movie that uh, I, I, did it come out? I don't know. I, I wanted to interview Eduardo Verastegui on it in 2020. He played a, a support role, and I think he might have even helped produce uh, the the picture. It's about the the gentleman who helped to save. He was from the FBI, and he went to save these kids that were trapped in the in the in the slave trade. And um, we were trying to get him, and I was trying to get Eduardo. Uh, what's his name? Um, Verastegui. No um, yes, no. Um, Wait, talking uh, about somebody else now? Oh, Jim Caviezel, thank you. Oh. Jim Caviezel played the main character. You're welcome. And uh, anyway, <laughs> I was listening to the interview of the actual person who saved these children, and he was saying, because um, they were talking about Pizzagate and all of that, he says, no, he says, the real thing you need to pay attention to is ne- internet networked video gaming. That oh, wow. is m- used by these pedophiles in a major way to groom these children. And, uh, mm-hmm. and pa- it's happening under parents' noses every day, and we should be paying attention to uh, that. Real quick, so did you want to go out at the uh, top of the hour? or Today uh, we will. Okay, because I, I have it set to go yeah. off uh, the music to, his- to start. Yeah, well, yeah. We'll, so this today we'll go off the top of the hour, or or whenever, whenever the music starts is fine with me. But we're going to start going off. We're, we're going to do the after show for about twenty minutes uh, and go off ten till. Uh, uh, Lucia on tomorrow. Facebook says, "Yikes! I did not know that about Snapchat, but actually, it is good for people to know what is really what it really is." Thanks for discussing it. You're very welcome, Lucia. Thank you for yeah, commenting. Praise God! You know that's going to do it for the uh, park and ride, uh, pit stop, Sunday drive. I don't know. After Sunday show. drive. I think we, we stick with us uh, after show. I, I, it seems to make the most sense. What do you think we should call this uh, casual chat after the show is over? After show seems obvious. But at any rate, we're going to go for today. Tomorrow morning, we'll be back on for more Catholic Drive Time, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Uh, we're going to have a whole lineup. Tomorrow, we have an attorney out of New York to talk about a case there from the St. Thomas More uh, Society, right? Uh, so we'll be... Uh, yeah, the, uh, the real quick, it's, it's going to be about the abortion, about making, uh, basically abortion is legal completely. Wow. So 6 a.m. Central, 7 uh, Eastern tomorrow morning. Tune in for that, plus more of the game show, Saints, Gospel, News, and the After Show. We'll see you then. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us.